ਫਤਿਹ ਵਾਜੀ ਕਾ ਖਾਲਸਾ ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਕੀ ਫਤਿਹ ਜੀ ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਕੀ ਫਤਿਹ ਜੀ once again i'm down with a sore throat but we will continue as always <clears throat> i really need to stop eating those pakoras eh? <laughs> perhaps you should switch to something hardcore you know <laughs> something not consisting of pakoras <laughs> something much better anyhow something today without yeah. and <laughs> obviously now getting to the topic at hand as it was advertised on the poster we are going to be stepping onto a massive nuclear mine fire mine field i guess and uh let's just start it off then let's just jump straight into the explosive agenda we have have you considered something you know when guru gobind singh ji initiated or did the first amrit sanchar the khande bate amrit sanchar we have today as a panth in 1698 ad why is it that no historic granth no such material has ever said that guru gobind singh ji had the uh, the water the jal for the ceremony specially transported or specially delivered from the sarovar at amritsar why is that never actually been said an excellent question but since i'm currently in india i don't wish to get shot so i'm not going to answer it I mean if you look at it from one angle it said that you know the sarovar has miraculous powers the sarovar is powerful it has more than just a placebo effect on uh, people who believe in it and that you know people who bath in it they get their limbs back the dead come back to life so why is it that guru gobind singh ji never had that jal from the sarovar delivered to another prasad and then that jal was used for the amrit sanchar ceremony why is it that even today we never use the jal from amritsar sarovar for our amrit sanchars which happened today well you got to ask the people in charge why why they don't do it today and and if you talk about guru saheb uh, correct me if i'm wrong but guru saheb never crossed the satluj river towards the north Guru Gobind Singh never ever entered Dwapa or Manja. Am I am I correct? I believe so. So not not only uh, did he pay no attention to the Sarovar and the Jal of the Sarovar, he never even considered Amritsar worth visiting. I guess. <clears throat> see, this is one of the points we actually need to discuss now. The historic role of Amritsar. does not match with the current perception we have of amritsar now one thing which has happened since the 80s since you know blue star occurred there has been a question ongoing in the minds of the cqt even today that you know jarnel singh and co died you know in darbar sahib that day and they were accepted as being i guess the positive factor leadership However, if you look at the past, the precedent does not seem to be really there because you see Jassa Singh Alwaliya and that Panthak leadership, they left Gurbaksh Singh Shahid and uh, I believe 30 others as a token resistance garrison to fight against the Afghans, the Purbias and the Durrani forces, the Lahore forces while the Panth made its way away. Now, they can't be accused of being cowards if someone accused them of being cowards we would have a riot on our uh, hands on the other hand before that we have nawab kapoor singh and co you know 
vacating the Darbar Sahib when they need to, only leaving a token presence behind to put up a fight, to, you know, die fighting and symbolically uh, empower the calm or, you know, buy enough time for the leadership to get away. So that's one aspect. The other aspect which has sort of come up now is that, you know, if it's a divine sight, then we have a lot of contradictions going on down there. Now, the first one I mentioned was, you know, obviously Guru Gobind Singh Ji not using that jal for the Amrit Sanchar ceremony. Then you mentioned the second one, Guru Sahib not even visiting Darbar Sahib. And I guess we have a lot of uh, things to clear up. Now, the primary thing we have down here is, okay, so let's look at Darbar Sahib. Ratan Singh Pangu in the Sri Gurpanth Prakash implies that Harmandar, what is the golden complex today, the Harmandar, the golden structure, served as the constitutional house of the Sikhs. They went there, they had a dip in Amritsar Sarovar, and they listened to, you know, Gurbani and confirmed to their essence that is, you know, they sort of made out and understood why they were Sikhs. And then they went to Akal Takht, which served as their Senate. And down there in the Khalsa Senate, they debated political matters, territorial matters, and sovereign matters. Now, amazingly enough, the history of Darbar Sahib, now here's another point down here. When you have a sacred site like that, you really need to understand that sacred is defined a, a bit differently in Sikhi than it is in other religions. Yep, correct. Now, Sardar Kapoor Singh would say that, you know, the theopolitical status of Darbar Sahib is not as some conventional Vatican or sacred site. Rather, it's the centerpiece, a focal point of a new culture of mankind, which has the power to unite humanity and orient it towards, you know, realizing that it has been imbued with the same intelligence as its maker, so it can make creation better. You know, man acting as a equal stakeholder next to God in the furtherance of creation. Obviously, <clears throat> if the gurus had wanted, they could have done many things, you know, but the first thing is, if the Bar Sahib was supposed to be the same pilgrimage site as, say, the Ganges or, you know, the Makkah, you know how the Pujari Vadi clique makes it out to be equal to these places, some sacred site, you know, with all these magical, mystical powers. Why didn't the Gurus, I mean, if you look at it, historically it said that Guru Amar Das envisioned such a site. Guru Ram Das prepared the foundations and then, you know, Guru Arjan Dev finally completed it and Guru Hargobind Sahib Ji added the Kaltakt. Now, why did Guru Amar Das Ji never, ever look towards Kartarpur Sahib? Why did he never make Kartarpur into the Darbar Sahib? Well, if we say that uh, Darbar Sahib is the Mecca of the Sikhs, so, so if, we, if, we, if you hold that belief, then the question arises that Guru Sahib or Guru Nanak Sahib was born in Ankana Sahib. The Makkah should have been there. Yeah. Yes, obviously. Oh, Somewhere oh, is. Yep. The, he passed away. Well, he ended his life at Kartarpur Sahib. The Makkah would have been there. Obviously. So, or, you know, even at the Ben River, where it's uh, claimed that he, uh, you know, went away for three days and entered the heavenly realms from there. Why wouldn't it be there? You know, why wouldn't the Makkah be there, the Sikh Makkah? Well, a lot of questions, but no answer. No answer. And I think we need to realize something down here is that the answer to all this can be found in Gurbani of the Guru Granth Sahib. And 
obviously now just before we get into the gist of it let me clear up something there is a very popular shabad on ang 625 of guru granth sahib which is ram das rover nate sab lathe paap kamate sab utre paap kamate yes i mean i guess from what i've seen on search qurbani it's lathe but okay so let's just accept um utre now <clears throat> you know qurbani has a specific structure there is a structure a poetic structure and a i guess a definitive structure as well which provides the meaning of the certain verse or the shabad we have in question now this shabad is by guru arjan and as we discussed on one of the blog posts that under rahau that there is a certain formula for reading gurbani which is either based on the rahau pankti or which is either based on the pankti which is numbered now this shabad obviously the pankti before it the universe before it has a number and where that number ends is where that particular verse ends the next verse starts from milsadu tur matkhoi and then goes down to another verse which is numbered in between is this ramdas rovarnate shabad now that shabad runs milsadu tur matkhoi patit punit sab hoy ramdas rovarnate sab utre pap kamate now if we take ramdas rovarnate like you know the pujari factions do we will have to accept that ramdas rovarnate that if we go to amritsar and have a wash in it our sins will be washed away Now the question that begs is that you know before that sarovar was excavated how did Sikhs get their sense washed away then You're using common sense but that's not allowed Yep that's not allowed now <clears throat> the full meaning of that verse we need to we need to understand that you know if we are accusing others of cherry picking gurbani like we accuse muslims of cherry picking gurbani uh, christians hindus etc etc we are no less ourselves the fingers they fool us and here we fool ourselves so when we look at the shabad from the top what it means is milsadu tur matkoi and the company of the wise ones our vices are effaced you know our transgressions are tur mat which is our uh, base mentality if we enter the company the sangat of the wise ones of the gyanis of the fake ones our sins our mentality our sinful mentality is effaced patet punit sabhoy the outcasts are readmitted into the fraternity of the good ramdas rovarnate bath in such a pool of divine servitude sab utre pap kamate all our sins or all our transgressions will be washed off see so the real ramdas rover is not the ramdas rover which we have made it out to be by misinterpreting gurbani rather the real ramdas rover is where you meet gyanis self enlightened beings that is the real ramdas rover now milsadu tur matkoi most people will take that as meaning you know you need to bath in the dust of their feet and i've seen many people when panjapiyaris come along people will actually wash their feet and drink the water i've seen it happen and i'm sure you've seen it happen as well not not just seen it happen I, i've seen this this belief being spread by people who were born and brought up overseas who are you know, so called sikhs and they say that back in the days before the khalsa initiation the only way to convert to sikhi was to drink the water off the feet of our guru and it has also seen many women who actually drink the water from these babes washed kacheres as well that's i mean i'll, I'll say it up front on oh, head please <laughs> okay besides besides those fetishes as well the thing is 
when we talk about sitting in someone's feet and gurbani or you know dust off the feet those are terms to endear humility you know initiate humility in our minds it doesn't literally mean that you go and take their dust and put it in your hair well we have certain communities in india who do that they love the dust they love the ashes now we have cleared that one up ramdas rover not the what is the true ramdas rover now on the issue of the water why we have that water in the first place now see today sikhs and hindus they indulge in these competitions that my rover is better than your rover blah 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 now guru amardas did not desire to make a conventional pilgrimage site Kartarpur, Nankana, all these had been taken by Shri Chand upon Guru Nanak's death. Now, as controversial as this might sound, there is evidentially some sort of a link here between the fact that, you know, Shri Chand was opposed to the Guru's Gurbani, says it. And it's more than possible that, you know, even their histories, Pujari histories, confirm as much. Now, Kavi Santok Singh in the Suraj Prakash, he writes this in Ras 4th Adhya 28. those who are familiar with the book they will with this grant they will know what the you know references mean so we have given a reference so they can double check this now he writes the story which you know from one particular perspective if you were to deconstruct it it sort of shows that there was some conflict going on between shri chand and the gurus and to hide shri chand's role in this entire conflict these you know fancy stories were built up to sort of claim that he had some powers or that in a way the gurus accepted what he did so we should accept him as well now i will read out a short summary of the story if you will now what's happening is that you know we are saying that there was some issue at kartarpur uh, some issue at nankana site the gurus did not desire a conventional pilgrimage site the fact they had conflict with shri chand wasn't the foremost issue the fact was that he had transformed these into conventional pilgrimage sites he had spread all these uh, myths about baba nanak being some you know i guess some miraculous yogi tantric and that sort of stuff so they desired that you know if they went down there and restarted everything from scratch that image which had been created in people's mind that wouldn't go over easily i mean it would be a losing battle fighting that to change people's perception they were already trying to change people's you know rotten atrophied perception of centuries past and now they would be you know confronting their own seeks whose perception would have you know started to rot as well would you agree with that yeah but i think you're on the right path <clears throat> so what happens is you know is narrated in the prakash the guru's servant and kamalia shrichand servant they both meet each other and there is a bit of a heated argument and kamalia feels very uh, kamalia feels very insulted and they you know go back to kartarpur and uh, what happens is that you know kamalia is standing there in front of shrichand he's very angry very hot headed and uh, you know shrichand asks him what happened and uh, kamalia turns around and says well maharaj when i went to guru arjan dev to give him your bachan the guru showed no signs of excitement or happiness he just sat facing away from me and told me to go into the langar and eat something so the tone is very uh, the tone down here is that guru arjan insulted kamalia 
Now, Kamalia continues that when I went into Langar, Mata Ganga was serving food and the Sikhs were eating. There was a crowd of people that came to eat and only Mata Ganga was there serving them. And I asked her for food once or twice and she looked at me and said, you've come like a Turk from the way you're standing for food. Now, I don't understand like, you know, what the correlation here is between, you know, standing and asking for food and being a Turk. However, whatever some folks are new, we will just accept that. And then Kamalia continues, after speaking to me like this, she gave the food. I ate and went outside. Guru Arjan brought the offering and sent me off with one of his Sikhs. Now, here's something else. After hearing this, Shri Chanda, the one who had no fear, exclaimed in an angry tone, if they are hungry for the Turks and in their right mind such or such unpleasant words, then Turks will come raid their homes. Their enemies will falsely accuse them. What's the consequences of their arrival? The Turks will make them suffer. And now here's here's the main one. Just like that, the Guru's home was cursed. Who can stop what is meant to happen? Shri Chand then accepted and countered the offerings given by the Guru. <laughs> so you see the hypocrisy here? Well, uh, what can I say, man? These are all old stories that Shirkan had the power to curse the house of Nanak. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> once again, the fact is, Mata Ganga would not have been alone in the Langar. There would have been Sevadars as well. The second thing now, above all, is that <clears throat> he curses them and then he takes their money as well, their offering. Uh, okay, uh, hold on, please. Yep. So through this text, you are telling me that everything that the Sikhs suffered from th- this day on, when this incident happened, is entirely the fault of Mata Gangaji? Yes. Now, listen ahead, listen ahead, listen ahead. So what happens is that he counts the offerings and then he looks at some beautiful horses and becomes happy, Shri Chand. And says the Guru's house will have many stable sources and many soldiers. And then it says in this way, he even gave a blessing. He kept the Guru's Sikh and eventually sent him off. The Sikh went back and reported all this to Guru Arjan Dev. And Guru Arjan Dev, you know, looked around and said to Mata Ganga, do you know why we have received this curse? It came from the son of Guru Nanak. It cannot go away. It will come true. He is a holy saint and celibate. How can his words ever be false? Mata Ganga tells her whole story, says, I got anxious from seeing the large crowd. I suffer from anxiety. Shri Chan's uh, servant was standing there asking for food. I said, you are standing like a Turk. And Guruji understood what the t- curse was, how it was given, blah, blah, blah. Mukdi Kaljaki at the end, the Guru says that, you know, I don't care what happens. And this is it. Now, several things which emerge here. The first one is obviously Santok Singh and the writers at the time knew Shri Chan's dubious role. They knew what he was doing. He, they knew he was against Baba Nanak, so they couldn't erase that from Gurbani. Where Gurbani says that Baba Nanak's own sons didn't listen to him, and Shri Chandu went against his father by throwing ashes into his hair and you know putting uh, rings into his ears and getting a begging bowl and going from house to house begging and living like a recluse. So it was decided that a story had to be somehow made which covered up that conflict. However, now the second thing down here is that, you know, when Guru Arjan Dev accepts the curse, they knew that, you know, they couldn't say that Shri Chand outright cursed the Guru and that's why the Guru suffered. There would have been Sikhs with enough pride to give them a chitar prayer at the time. So 
all these convoluted false fictional stories very, you know, designed and made up to somehow claim that, you know, everything which happened subsequently was due to a curse and a blessing. But the reality is that this shows that there must have been some conflict going on between Shri Chand and the Gurus. And this would also have been an ideological conflict. That's why when Guru Angad left Kartarpur, he never went back because he knew Shri Chand had transformed it into something which Guru Nanak had opposed all his life. Uh, okay. Do we have any examples of any Guru, any Guru ever going back to Kartarpur? <clears throat> I don't think, I believe Guru Hargobind Sahibji actually went back. But then another thing you need to remember is that regarding Shri Chand, pretty much the Shri Chand issue down there, the Shri Chand issue down there we need to remember again is this, that, you know, the Gurus never spotted him. All these stories which we have come later. Well, there is absolutely no reason to support him. But these, But these stories cannot hide the truth. And the truth was that there was some ideological conflict going on between the Gurus and Shri Chand at the time. The gurus were sticking to Gurbani. Shri Chand wasn't sticking to Gurbani. And that was the main thrust of the conflict. And Santokhsin confirms as much, even though he's made up quite an ugly tale about it. Now, of course, people will tell us, oh, you need a certain mentality to interact with these pre-colonial texts, blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, we are not going to accept that, you know, the guru would have turned around and said, look, Mata Ganga, because of you, my house is cursed, like this text implies. Well, uh since you made the point that uh, they had to concoct a story, they couldn't outright to you know, lay out the conflict that they had, the differences with they had the Shri Chand. So it's mm. entirely now blamed on uh, a woman of the of the Sikh household. And look how it's underlined that he is a celibate. Shri Chand has never married and that's why he is pure. So all that, this was just the ideological attack. Now, the second attack which had occurred was that, you know, Darbar Sahib was made into a conventional site of pilgrimage. We know that by Mani Singh, <coughs> Deeps, Baba Deep Singh, and countless others spent most of their lives going to and fro from Darbar Sahib, like Guru Tegh Bahadur, clearing it out of Brahmanical influences. And after they died, all these influences came back. Jassa Singhaluwalia, if I remember correctly, actually expelled Gopal Dasodasi from Harbandar Sahib as head Granthi because there were so many complaints lodged against him. And then he installed Chanchal Singh as the head Granthi. After Chanchal Singh, we know that certain factions took over the Darbar Sahib, which left no stone unturned into making it Hari Mandir rather than Har Mandir. Hmm. So you understand the difference? Hari Mandir is the temple of Vishnu. Now, Regarding Harmandar, now most people will say Guru Arjun actually uh, witnessed, you know, Bhagwan Vishnu come onto the earth and he saw him serving down there in Bhagwan. Vishnu said to another Devi Devta that this is just my Mandar, my Hari Mandar. Guru Arjun is a form of mine. And that's where the name Hari Mandar came from. Now, it's pretty shameful that the Sikh preachers we have today also promote this myth. It's not just that. Uh, the story goes that uh, Vishnu himself carried, uh, well, he himself participated in the construction work of the Sarovar and the Gurdwara. No, in the human form. Guru Arjan builds Harmandar Sahib. Guru Arjan built Harmandar Sahib. And, you know, even before Guru Arjan was born, Guru Amardas was writing his Bani. 
composing his Gurbani. And Ang 1346 of the Guru Granth Sahib. Now, there is a massive Mahalatija uh, Shabad down there. There is a whole composition down there by Guru Amar Das, which focuses on Harmandar. Not Harimandar, Harmandar. Now, I will read that out. I'll read it a few lines only, a few uh, uh, sequential lines. And these provide a gist of what Harmandar is. Right. So you're ready to bust some more uh, myths about what Harmandar is? Yep. Okay, then here we go. Gur Prasadi Vekto Harmandar Thare Nal Harmandar Shabad Khoje Har Naam Leho Smai Man Mere Shabad Roop Rang Hoi Saach Pagd Saach Harmandar Pargati Saach Soi Rahao Harmandar Eho Sareer Hai Gyan Ratan Pargat Hoi Man Mukh Mool Na Jane Manas Harmandar Na Hoi Okay, so the Rahao Wali Pangati Saachi Pagd Saach Harmandar Pargati Saach Soi Rahao Now, if we take the Rahao Pangati, the gist of it, what this one line says is I have discovered this true Harmandar within me by discovering what real spirituality is. So what the Guru is saying is that I've discovered real spirituality, real Pagd, which is not the Pagd of, you know, meditating or, you know, dogmatic ritualism, nothing like that. Real Pagd, as in, you know, consolidating Gyan, accumulating Gyan, and then using it to change your own life. Taking this one line, we go back to the first Pagdi. And so here is what the meaning is. Through the grace of the truth, the truth we see, the truth we interact with, that's the truth we need to accept. Once we accept that truth, we will realize that Harmandar is within us. So what Harmandar here means is it's not Hari, it's Har. Har meaning everyone's, Mandar meaning temple. So everyone's temple is within them. Right? So through the grace of the truth, you will realize Harmandar is within you. By contemplating the Guru's word, you will realize true wisdom and find this Harmandar, the real temple within. So the way that we interact with ourselves is through dialogue, internal dialogue. And this takes the form of words. So, you know, even when we talk to ourselves, the fact we're understanding what is going on is conveyed to us through words. So by un when we internalize the truth, we, we are contemplating the Guru's word. So you will realize true wisdom only then and find this Harmandar, the real temple within you. Now my mind is ensconced within the influence of the Guru's word. So when the truth is actually inside you, you realize what the true Harmandar is. I have discovered this true Harmandar within me by discovering real spirituality. In truth, Harmandar is this human body when it unlocks the priceless jewels within itself. You know when Baba Nanak says, Matvacharatan Javahar Manak, Je Ekagurki Sekhsuni. When those, when that process is actually done, when those, you know, Matavacharatan Jiva Harmanik, they come out, that's when you physically become Harmandar. You know, your body has been given to you to achieve something. Once you realize this, once you start on the path of Gurmat, your body becomes the Harmandar. The ego test does not accept that a human can become the true temple of divinity. And what this lot do, they only read that last part, Manas Harmandar Nahoy, and just leave it down there. Beautifully the explained. Okay. Yep. Now, the reality so you, here, yes. You were telling me that the word Harmandar is Harmandar, not Harimandar. Harmandar is Har being used even before the, the Gurdwara has been built. 
even even before Hamandar Sahib is built, it's being used by Guru Amar Das. Now, why Guru Arjan decided to name that structure Hamandar? The reason was this, that here is a central location for the Sikhs together. Now, remember, the Gurus knew what the Khalsa was. They were aiming to, you know, establish the foundations for the Khalsa, which would, you know, eventually come about at Guru Gobind Singh's hands. The Khalsa needed a central location, and this central location was made in Amritsar. And the central location, the constitutional house of the Khalsa, was made the Harmandir. Now, why it was made Harmandir? From that Harmandir, the Gyan would come out. Now, just imagine this. If this verse was read in Harmandir Sahib every day today, and people told how to become Harmandirs, do you really think we would be in the circumstances as a calm veer in today? No, well, I don't think so, no. Now, what's happened is that every time Harmandar Sahib has been hijacked, every time Darbar Sahib has been taken over by anti-Sikhs, the first thing which has always been done is that Sarovar. Now, the Sarovar Guru Ramdas was actually intended to be a central water source for the whole of Amritsar. The Gurus envisioned it as quite a metropolis at the time. And that yes, do you remember a long time ago in in our uh, first few podcasts we were actually talking about these things and uh, there was a mention of statecraft. Yes. So Guru Sahib is not just building a place for the Sikhs to congregate or to get together and maybe no, have a discourse, have discussions and everything. Yep. Laying the foundation of a city is a form of statecraft for the Gurus. And uh, this is a separate discussion of what they envisioned while lay, while establishing new cities. Exactly, exactly. Now, whenever anti-Sikh forces came and overtook Harmandar Sahib, what they did was they forbade, they, they altered this water resource uh, concept the Guru's head. So it was made into a sarovar. And there was a period when only higher castes could bath in that sarovar. Whenever the Sikhs took it back, all the Sikhs, despite whatever their caste was, because Sikhi doesn't believe in caste, they would rush into Harmandar and you know, jump into the Sarovar as a sign of their uh, rejection of Brahmanical tenets. Another thing down here, which unfortunately has started, is that you know, if the Panth, if the Kalis, if someone, if they had to slay someone, you know, what was the best thing to do if you wanted to slay someone in Amritsar? Now, Zakaria Khan had the entire Harmandar Sahib, uh, entire Darbar Sahib complex cordoned off. One thing we need to remember was that back during that time, three sides of the Darbar Sahib were surrounded by forest. One side actually had a main thoroughfare running to it. The fourth side, the frontal side, that was where the Mughals had based their you know, uh, garrison, so Sikhs couldn't come in. This garrison had snipers. If the Sikhs ever came on a mission to slay someone, what would happen is that, you know, the cavalry would rush in straight towards the Darbar Sahib Sarovar. The aim was that they would rush into the Sarovar and from there jump out on the other side and run into the forests and distract the snipers away from the city in which the Sikhs were carrying out their assassinations or whatever mission they had. So it was a distracting technique which suddenly, you know, was misinterpreted as being that they only come for a dip in the Sarovar. Now, owing to this, owing to this misconception, Masa Rangar actually had that entire sarovar filled with alcohol, right? Sarovar was filled with alcohol. 
the Harmandir itself was made into a den of you know prostitution, and the Kal Tat was sealed off. It was destroyed. Even then, even then, one thing they weren't able to understand, what Zakaria wasn't able to understand, is how are Sikhs becoming Sikhs? Because what he failed to appreciate was that the Harmandar Sahib as a physical structure wasn't important. It was the ideological concepts which were read out from the Harmandar Sahib and which were emphasized every Sikh follows from the Guru Granth Sahib, which was making the Sikhs into Harmandars. You had the physical Harmandar crushed. You destroyed the Sikh Harmandars, the physical Sikh Harmandars, the living Sikh Harmandars. Many more rose up. It wasn't the Sarovar which gave them the power. It was the words of Guru Nanak which gave them their power. And obviously there is this, uh, I know that there is, I can't really remember that she, the Singh's name, he used to swim over and light a lamp within their Barsab every night. And the Mughals' attention was distracted. Enough for them that the Sikhs were actually able to you know, circumvent them and go do their other missions, whatever they were. However, he was killed, and that was the end of that. So these these things which we have today that we need to light a jot or we need to jump into the sarovar and have a bath, all these back then had some practical purpose which we failed to understand. And what we are doing is we are only focusing on the dogmatic ritual itself. I mean, <clears throat> there was a challenge given by a commander that if a Sikh can come and you know have a have a dip in the harmandar, I would you know uh, there was some challenge he gave that I'd kill myself or something. Sukha Singh took it up and, you know, rode his horse into the Darbar Sahib and he watered his horse from the Sarovar. Do you really think we will be allowed to water our horse from the Sarovar today? Well, the horse got to be a descendant of Guru Sahib's Nilakoda. <laughs> That's the thing. He watered his horse there. Sikhs used to water their horse there. And, you know, <clears throat> the Sarovar used to be used for irrigation and quite a lot of stuff used to happen from the central water source. However... <clears throat> We seem to have misinterpreted all of this that, you know, the Sikhs right into Harmandar Sahib, you know, jumped into the Sarovar and became superhuman straight away. I mean, when Sukha Singh and Matab Singh came to slay Masarangar, they never had a jump into the Sarovar, never had a dip into that Sarovar. Yep, they uh, arrived, disguised themselves as, you know, tax-paying Jagirdars, I think. Yes. And then the, quickly did the deed, chopped his head off and then, you know, disappeared into the forest. Disappeared into the forest. So here is the concept of Harmandar Sahib, of Darbar Sahib, which we have is that, you know, there is the constitutional house, and then there is obviously the, you know, Akal Tak, which acts as the Pantek Senate. These are the two concepts we have. It's a symbol of Sikh, I guess, spirituality, which is rooted in the world of the true Pakti, which Guru Amar Das mentions. And the fact is that Harmandar Sahib was intended to make us all into Harmandar ourselves, as Guru Amar Das intended. It seems to, you know, uh, this version or this view seems to be justified. This view seems to be justified. Now, <clears throat> one thing down here is that Gurbani also has another Shabbat. Now, you know what happens is that if someone from that particular side does something, a Bajar Kret or whatever, usually it's claimed that they made a mistake, even though if they did it intentionally. And it's said that Kal Jugi Pera Hogil. You know, that <laughs> Kaliyug tempted them or whatever, you know, like the devil tempted Jesus. And then, you know, guys like us get accused of having, you know, post-colonial Calvinistic views on Sikhi, whereas they are no less than us. Whatever they want to say about us, they can keep on saying. And then uh, 
you know, Panjapiyaris are called, Amrit is administered again, and then they read up the Shabad Ramdas Ravarnate, and they book the guy a ticket to India, so he goes down there and baps in the Ramdas Rover and, you know, comes back, and he's all forgiven. Even though Gurbani says that no matter whatever the site, no matter how divine the site, you can go down there and buff, buff till your skin is, you know, peeled off. But even then, your internal transgressions will not go away unless you make yourself better. <clears throat> now, Sinavjit, <clears throat> when we talk about going to a Tirathasthana pilgrimage site and having your sins forgiven by having a buff, we are actually going against Kurbani, which says, you know, Vaheguru, the creator, the maker, is not impressed by these shows. You know, when a teacher tells a student that, okay, you can be forgiven if you do detention, blah, 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 the, you know, the student does it because he believes he can somehow earn the teacher's forgiveness. He can exert that amount of control to acquire that forgiveness. Would you agree with that assessment? Uh can you vote it differently? <clears throat> so, okay. I do something to you and you tell me that your forgiveness will be on a condition that I do something for you and then you will forgive me. Now, I need your forgiveness so I decide that I'll do what you are telling me to do so I can exert that amount of control, that subtle control over you so you can forgive me. Mm, agree. Agree. Now, that's the same relationship we try entering into God with if you're saying we are going to go on a pilgrimage site and, you know, clean ourselves of our sins. Now, what Gurbani says on Anga 962, How can we bring you under our control, convince you to do anything just by buffing at an alleged sacred site? That's what Gurbani is asking. Here's another point. Yes. Is there any quote-unquote sin that cannot be washed away? You make a very critical point. It seems there is no sin. Everything can be washed away under the pretense of Kaljugi Pera. Okay. Can murder be washed away? Yes. Chances are yes. Can rape be washed away? Well, we have seen all this happen in the past 10, 20 years, haven't we? Uh, oh, sadly, yes. So imagine, imagine if we had a Sikh theocracy today. Let's say we had uh, Ranjit Singh's uh, uh, empire, let's say, stayed there and transformed into a Sikh theocracy, let's say. Yep. There would be no law and order. <clears throat> there wouldn't be. So I could just murder my enemy and just say, I'll seek forgiveness, I will just take a bath, and that's it. Clean slate. That's it, clean slate. That's the thing. Now, <clears throat> the fact down here is that Gurbani Shabad says, You know, that doesn't mean that that Shabad is written to be critical of someone else. You know, our people will say that, you know, it's only written for the Hindus or the Muslims, blah, blah, blah. It's also written for us as well. Guru Nanak never expected us to do what they are doing. We suffer under this delusion that just because they're doing it, they're wrong. But if we do the same thing, we are not doing it wrong. Well, th th yeah. there is th something called, it's from a movie. Well, uh, I shouldn't use it, but it's way too funny not to use it. says, Tada kuta kuta, tada kuta tomi. 
or the <laughs> other way around yep because you know we are not following our own advice or by ourselves so ada kutta kutta sada kutta tomi sada kutta tomi yes now regarding the center inspection one thing we need to remember as well is that gurbani speaks out against pilgrimage sites quite a lot i mean there is a shabad of pagd kabir now you know the anti meat gang they say that if you eat meat you're going to a pilgrimage site is all destroyed right so pagd kabir has a shabad the first lines of the shabad are always misinterpreted but if you read that entire shabad then we'll read it one day in the upcoming episodes Anyhow, what Pagd Kabir is saying that, you know, you have pang, you have machli, you have meat, you have alcohol. Pujari says, yep, we do. And then Pagd Kabir says, you have a pilgrimage site. Yep, we sure do. So, you know, Pagd Kabir is saying, so what is a pilgrimage site? And they tell him it's a very sacred site. It is life-challenging or life-changing, blah, blah, blah. And it's very challenging to get there. You need good karma in your past life. And Pagd Kabir is asking, okay, then so people who go down there and they say, yep, Why is it that those people go down there, come back, and you tell them not to take these things or their unit that will be destroyed? Why aren't those sites, sites powerful enough to prevent them from, you know, doing all these things? And if they aren't, then isn't, you know, all these intoxicants, meat, machi, shrab, aren't they more powerful than your pilgrimage site? You, you are really, really trying to get me shot here, yeah? <laughs> It's, it's just a Pagd Kabir. Let's just discuss it in the context of what Pagd Kabir is saying. You know, now, how many times do we see that people who go to Amritsar take, you know, just pay obeisance, walk around, see all these Gurdwaras, they come back and have a peg in the evening because they're tired. You have seen it, haven't you? I've seen it. I'll admit that as well. I'll admit to as well. That's true. That's true. Now, history of the Darbar Sahib in the past, you know, 100 years, you know, like, uh, <clears throat> okay, Dwyer went down there after Jaliyawala Bagh and, you know, did the Matha take and everything down there. Did it actually change uh, Dyer? Did it really change his opinion of things? When Arur Singh said he was going to give him Amrit, Dyer said that he would never, uh, you know, grow long here or stop smoking. And uh, Arur Singh said, that's all good with me. You can take alcohol as well. There was never any mystical power exerted over him. And the reality is that Harmandar, the physical Harmandar, houses the Gurbani, the truth. It was supposed to be that physical place where the Khalsa showed the world how to live from Darbar Sahib. That's why we call it Darbar, the court, the court of the Khalsa. You know, this is how we live. This is how you should live in confirmation to reality. But what we have made it into is an entrepreneurial competition that if they have miracles, we have miracles as well. Come to our miracle. They can't prove it. The other sites can't prove it. We can't prove anything as well. And there it is, Golden Temple, a good tourist site. Unfortunately, that's true. If you if you go there today, you will see a lot of people who are from outside Punjab and uh, not from the mm-hmm. Sikh or Punjabi culture. They'll just see us as a, as a tourist place. <clears throat> as a tourist place. Now, you know, Nwab Kapoor Singh utilized it for political purposes. After him, everyone did that pretty much, you know, so... Now, today, if you talk about politics, it's said that, you know, Harmandar Sahib, Sahib represents Meri Piri, and there is a difference between both. Reality is that there is an intermingling of both down there as well. You know, the Guru Granth provides the constitutional essence of Sikhi, you know, the ideological essence of Sikhi. That same Sikhi, that same essence when that makes us into Harmandars, those Harmandars congregated a Kaal Takht and plan to rule the world. 
you know, how to rule the world effectively, you know, that's what the purpose of their parts are. That's what makes it sacred down there, you know, that's what makes it sacred for us. But, you know, when we talk about pilgrimage sites, then Baba Nanak dismisses that as well. He does. How many, like, when Babur came into India, how many pilgrimage sites were destroyed? Uh, well, I'm not too sure. There must be, let's say, a large number, a very large number. Somnath Mandir was destroyed. No one manifested to save it. Makkah was destroyed by the Byzantines. No one manifested to save it. I mean, Cortes just marched through, you know, Tenochtitlan and destroyed most of their, you know, sacred pilgrimage sites. Nothing prevented him. There is this recurring pattern that nothing prevents these sites from being destroyed. And that's when people who attach, you know, these uh, superficial dogmatic emotions with these sites, that, you know, our pilgrimage site is the only true one, you know, that's when they have to rewrite history or that's when their faith is broken. And they have to attach miracles and supernatural things to it to provide justification and legitimacy. Now, in Saudi Arabia, you can't read about the Makkah being destroyed by the Byzantines. Well, the fact that the original stone was taken away and they gave back a false stone, that's actually what is believed today. Well, you can't, get, you can't read about it. Yep, get shot and get beheaded. Yep, and we see the same thing down here. So when Guru Nanak, you know, when Baba Nanak established Sikhi, and as a continuation, Guru Amar Das established, you know, the blueprints for Harmandar Sahib, for Darbar Sahib, and then, you know, Guru Arjun initiated the, you know, instructed Guru Hargobind to initiate the construction of the Kal Takht. They fully well knew that this site would be demolished in the future. Now, of course, uh, Ahmad Shah Batlavi and Gyani Gyan Singh wrote that Gap Kahani that Mia Mir laid the foundation stone and it was laid wrong and Guru Arjan said, correct it. And, you know, the Barsad will be destroyed and rebuilt, destroyed and rebuilt because of you, Mia Mir. Reality is they knew what was going to happen to their Barsad. They knew it would be destroyed, but they also knew that the Sikhs would rebuild it as a symbol of their defiance to, you know, conventional religiosity, to conventional politics, to the conventional world. They knew that. But... They never promised any miracles that Darbar Sahib will never be destroyed. It was destroyed, Sikhs rebuilt it. It was destroyed, Sikhs rebuilt it. No one ever said to the Sikhs that, you know, if your faith is so divine, why can't you prevent it from being destroyed through miracles? Because the Sikhs themselves did not believe in this stuff. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the current building that stands today was built in 1768, if I'm correct. The Darbar Sahib? Yeah, the current building that stands today. It's actually been, uh, the foundations are pretty much the same, but, uh, you know, buildings have been made bigger and bigger and bigger as per, you know, Sangat requirements. Yep. Now, the fact is, this is the Bar Sahib. It has a practical purpose. We have established that, right, that Sarovar had a practical purpose as well. I mean, look, the Sarovar has filters installed into it. Oh, yeah. And I know that there was a controversy a while back that, you know, there is a particular preacher who's saying that when you read Bani over water, it doesn't become Amrit. Now, the thing is, fine, then let's accept that. Then on the other hand, we need to ask ourselves that Harmandar said, why do we have filters installed in the Sarovar then? Well, you, then you, you'll also have to help hold some people responsible that why didn't you stop these filters being installed if you believe that uh, the water is, is indeed Amrit. That's the thing. That's the thing. Now, all these questions, 
we we have a short composition in you know Guru Granth Sahib from Pagh Ramanand. Now, is this the Ramanand who was the apostle of Ramajunand? No one knows. I don't believe it would be the same Ramanand as the you know Ramanand of you know Vaishnava of fame. I believe this might be a different Ramanand. And Guru Maharaj only located a few verses of his, and these verses are in Gurbani today. <clears throat> Whatever happened to him, we do not know, but his fate would have uh, fate would have been no different to that of Kabir, Ravida, Ravidas, or Guru Arjun or Guru Gobind Singh. So this is what he writes. And this last line, So what this means, is my mind cannot comprehend anything anymore. It's become crippled. And why has it become crippled? We go up to the first verse. Where do I roam? My home is filled with all. Okay, so we have established that. So what he's saying is, but what this Ramananda is saying is that, look, my mind has become crippled. I can't comprehend things anymore. This realization has dawned on me that why should I be roaming outside when everything is inside me? Everything is inside me. I only need to acknowledge these things, these Matavicharatan Jawahar Manik, all these Maniks within me, and they will become, you know, ready for use. Not like I sit there meditating away and then, you know, I get these uh, jewels and I start using them. Nothing like that. I just need to acknowledge their existence. Now, what this really means, line by line, what he's saying is that one day my mind expressed the desire to go on a pilgrimage. And what I did was I perfumed myself, I cleaned myself, and I you know, prepared to please some deity, whichever one he believed in. And I went to the deity's particular site and started performing my rituals. And then his real maker, the real, you know, I guess entity worthy of worship is how I'd put it. Then my real maker uncovered the guru within me. So for Ramananda, the guru within was spontaneity. You know, something which happened when you internalize the truth, you get a spontaneous answer or thought. That was what he believed to be his guru. It was Guru Nanak who finally you know, revealed that Gyan is the Guru. And yep. this Guru asked, what is there besides stone and water at these alleged divine sites? So here's Ramananda standing there with, who knows, maybe a plate or a bell with, you know, lamps in his hand and he's spinning them around and, you know, knocking his conch bells and, you know, singing and doing whatever he's doing. And suddenly in his mind, there comes this thought that, what the hell am I doing? What am I doing down here? That I believe in this particular God. There is another faith, someone from another faith who maybe lives, you know, in the same city, same town, or even next to me. They believe in a different God, but they do the same stuff as well. All these sites, all they seem to offer is holy water or holy rocks. What is the difference between them? And then dawned the realization, Toporeya has subsman, that you know the maker is all pervasive. And then what Ramananda did was bear the prance of their Kejai. Then he went and read all the Vedas and Puranas and religious books and he found nothing within them. 
that I would only follow those books, those religions, if the truth was not within me. And then, you know, Sadhguru Mai Balhari thought I'm a sacrifice to the true Guru within me, who has removed all my doubts and misconceptions. And now Ramanand has realized who his true maker is and how to worship that maker. So that Shabad is found on Ang 1195 of Gurbani. And straight away, it questions everything about pilgrimages. So this has been made abundantly clear that what what uh, is the view of Sikhi about pilgrimages and pilgrimage sites? Pretty much. Now, when you have the Shabbat being read out from Darbar Sahib, and there is someone doing Katha and saying that Darbar Sahib is a pilgrimage site, wouldn't some rational person who understands the meaning of the Shabbat be laughing at the hypocrisy? He wouldn't dare to laugh, he would just walk away. Gyani Datsang in his books actually wrote that one who does arti is committing a great sin. And many people challenged him to a debate over this, and he debated with a lot of them, you know, and he told them that, you know, they would say Gagan Maithalar of Chandadipak Bani, and he would translate that Shabbat, and they would just get up and run away, angry that, you know, because really here we are doing arti, and there it's saying Gagan Maithalar of Chandadipak Bani, that, you know, the whole of nature is doing arti, what is your little arti going to do compared to that arti? And then someone's going to get up and say, oh, well, it depends on what you can do for the guru. So what the guru is saying is live a particular way. You can't live that way, but you sure as hell can get a plate and light a few lamps in it and spin it around. Is that Sikhi? Sorry, uh, no, no. So there you go. So the Darbar Sahib has a... Very practical purpose. You know, the Kaal Takht has been used as a Senate. The Harmandar Sahib has been used as a constitutional house. And Ranjit Singh actually, I guess, after Akali Pula Singh penalized him to, I guess, from his hand, to decentralize the power of the Kaal Takht. He nominated other entities as Takts. You know, the Khalsa Panth was the foremost Takht. A Kaal Takht was a concept. In the Kaal Takht, the Panth met. As long as there was the Panth, there was the Kaal Takht. Otherwise, it was only a building. This was clarified by the historical researches of Dr. Sangat Singh. Today, however, obviously, there is some sort of a placebo effect as well on people. You know, people have faith they might get healed. But on the other hand, we have many people who go down there and they get skin infections. They get diseases from the water, all these things. And even today in the time of Corona, it's been shut down. We have Amrit Sanchar, Sina discontinued because we share the same butter. The thing is that if we start attaching all these, you know, baseless stories with the, these uh, concepts we have in our faith, we're only opening ourselves to attack. Uh, uh, okay. I think we missed a, an important point here. Yep. You just said that uh, what the water might cause, yeah? Yes. And we also gave the example of water filters being installed. Yep. Do you actually know that how come uh, somebody dawned upon this idea that there is a need to filter the water? Uh, no, I don't actually. So they brought their, I think it was five or seven-year-old American grandson. Yep. And he asked them to, let's say, Take a bath. And the yep. kid said, I'm not going to take a bath. The water's dirty. Well. 
Yep. I'm saying this because I know the people who install the filters. Hmm. And I've, I've heard this story from the, from the very person who did all the seva. So they, they, so what, so they would have had the water tested? No, uh, 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 not just tested. They actually brought in engineers from America and uh, all the, the, the filtration system was actually imported, shipped in from America. Mm -hmm, I see. So the question is, what was it that that young kid could see and millions of Sikhs couldn't see? But then on the other hand, that young kid was proven right in the end, wasn't he? Well, we discussed with all wonder why didn't anybody stop the installation of the of the filters that there's no need. Say the the told the grandson take a bath as we have done for centuries, as Sikhs have done for centuries. They could say, I'm not gonna take a bath, the water's dirty. That's mm -hmm. an American kid, he is used to cleanliness and everything, yeah? Yep. And of course, the men who asked him to take take a bath did do it as well. Indeed, the water is dirty. There is algae in there. Now there's all that green vegetation growing underwater. It's slippery. The water yep. needs to be cleaned. And that's how yep. they decided that we must now install water for this. Amazing. So, let's say putting into a single sentence, a single observation of a five or seven year old kid outweighed the sharda of millions. One thing we need to remember down here is that by no means does this take away the sacred, sacredness of their barzai for the Khalsa Pant. The only thing which mitigates that sacredness is if we misinterpret it and use it for the wrong purposes. Yep, misinterpretation and use for the wrong purposes. That's the issue. Yeah. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> Okay, so looking at Ramanam's example, Kabir's example, you know, Ravi Das's example, all these Pugs' examples, what used to happen during their times was that a mandir was built, a sacred site was rediscovered or whatever. Because of these, you know, wrong sentiments, wrong emotions, you know, these false emotions, as Guru Nanak called them, uh, called them attached with these sites. The priestly ruler combined used to hijack them. So even if the decision announced from these sites was antithetical to your, you know, ethics, your beliefs, your principles, you would still accept them blindly. Hmm. And accepting these things blindly, what society didn't realize was that it was made, being made weaker and weaker and weaker until ultimately it was vanquished. Now, the Pujaris of Kanchi played a very prominent role in deadening the hearts and minds of the, you know, denizens of the subcontinent. And when the Islamic rulers came across, in one, par, in one way, religion was responsible for having, you know, the subcontinentals crushed at the heels of the foreigners. Hmm. Now, if you look at Darbar Sahib, where it's being said now, we're not talking about today, we're talking about, you know, the history before Maharaja Ranjit Singh, where it's said that you need to become a Harmandir, everything is within you. 
you got the intelligence, you got the intuition, you need to do something with your life, you need to stand up for righteousness. And look at the bar side back then, you know, promoting this, you know, from its pulpits, from the Kal Takht, this is being shouted out by Nawab Kapoor Singh, Poja Katia Hundiyote, you know, armies are being gathered, plans are being made, you know, administrations are created, bureaucracies are created, policies are being debated and discussed. Compare that with all these other religious sites and you will see why their bar side, you know, why the Sikhs were so proactive back then and dynamic because their very central location emphasized that they do something with themselves. See, Darbar Sahib wasn't a site which kept on saying, you know, come back to me, come back to me, attach yourselves to me. It was actually giving out this gyan that you're independent, so why don't you live independently? So this why was the source of the power that the Mughals and all the enemies of the Sikh tried to destroy. It wasn't a physical thing. It wasn't a building. It, it wasn't the water. It wasn't the water at all. When Masarangar had, you know, Masarangar, this is what happened with Masarangar. Masarangar and Zakaria had this talk and Zakaria told them that, look, that Amrit Sarovar needs to go. Masa threw alcohol into it. That her mother needs to go. He had, you know, prostitutes brought and he used to rape girls in there. Derakal Takht needs to go. The building was destroyed and whatever was left was sealed off. And even then he had his head cut off. And here's the fact, when they cut his head off, it wasn't that Darbar Sahib was, uh, you know, suddenly, instantly restored to them. The Sikhs had to wage war for several more years before the Darbar Sahib came back to them. That Harmandar makes us into Harmandar. That's the purpose behind that Harmandar, that it should make us into Harmandars, which sadly it doesn't do today. You have to remember that uh, the Jathadars the, the, uh, at that time, who were in charge, they were fighters, given the example of Akali Pula Singh. Akali Pula Singh, even others, they were ready to die, but not concede on the principle. Now, there would have been many Sikhs back then who would never have been able to go to Ramdas or over as they say today, that that's Ramdas Rover by misinterpreting Gurbani. Many Sikhs would have died without going to Hermandar Sahib. I mean, we don't have any record of the Sahib Jadis going to Darbar Sahib. No. We have none of these records of several leading Sikh figures in the post Guru era going to Darbar Sahib. Did uh, Baba Banda Singh Bahadur, or the correct name Gurbak Singh, did he went to Darbar Sahib? I don't believe he did. No, there's no record. He never did. So what would you say? Those people weren't Harmandars? Well, you have to remember that uh, Baba Banda Singh was sent by Guru Gobind Singh himself. And that's the thing down here. The thing is that that location was intended as a foremost site for the Pant Khalsa, but its role was very different to what it has been made out to be today. Now, have you heard that story, how they found the Sarovar? You mean uh, the White Crow's and the black cross, or was it a uh, uh, black cross turning into white swans? Yep, uh, black crows turning into white crows. Now, uh, doves, I think. Now, we discussed Guru Amar Das's Shabad regarding, you know, Harmandar, what a Harmandar is. Now, here's another Shabad of Guru Amar Das, and this is found on uh, Ang 1089 of Gurbani. Now, this is quite a very uh, 
a very profound Shabbat, I guess, in the context of what we are talking about. And people can, you know, check this out themselves if they want to, uh, because, you know, we have Gurbani all over. So here it is. What this means is that the crow does not become white and an iron boat does not float across. One who puts his faith in the treasure of his beloved maker, only they are blessed. They exalt and, and embellish others as well. One who realizes the perfectness of the hukam of his maker's command, their face is radiant and bright. They float like iron in a wooden boat. So the fact is, a particular crew will only, you know, quote the first verse, and then they say that, you know, Babaji came and <laughs> did the opposite. Really what it means is that one who realizes the you know, perfectness of Vahiguru's hukam, that from the start it's perfect and Vahiguru is not changing it because he knows that you know, it's perfect. That person never puts his wood in a boat of iron. Rather what they do is they put their iron in a boat of wood. Hmm. Because they've understood hukam, they've understood the laws of creation. So they live within them. So how then can we say that, you know, there was a Rajani and she had a leper husband who jumped into the pool and came out as a healed man? Okay, imagine, imagine if such kind of pool existed before Sikhi. Yep. Now, wouldn't there already have been a Hindu pilgrimage site? Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. They're saying that Lord Buddha visited it, blah, blah, you know. Blah, 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 so-and-so visited, blah, 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 blah. But why wasn't it actually, you know, constructed first? Why was nothing constructed there ever before? If the place was so powerful, it would have been, let's say, the Mecca of the Hindus. Please or anyone who discovered it. And that's the thing. These things, when these questions start bothering you, then you realize that the truth is altogether something different. It's altogether something different. So you were telling me that Amritsar, the area was which was on the highway built by Sher Sher Shah Suri. Yes. Yeah. Yep. In that area, there was a, such a miraculous rover, and nobody, nobody ever did anything about it. Well, that's what the mythology is. It's an ancient trade route. Let's remember that. Yep. So people have been traveling, traders invaders, you know, travelers, everybody have been tra uh, traveling this route for, I would say, more than a thousand years, maybe a thousand of years. Yet, mm -hmm. this miracle place was not discovered by anybody. Nobody ever cared. Okay, where are all these white crows or white doves coming from? Nobody ever wondered. Mm -hmm. And why, why just crows? I guess the person who made up that story, who made up that Saki, they would have been aware of the Shavad by Guru Amardas and they went contrary to it. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. That was the point behind most of these tales, wasn't it? To portray something else other than Gurbani, to make Gurbani into the fifth Veda, to make it an object of reverence rather than an object of reverence and a guide to how to live properly. Well, that gives you another topic for discussion. <clears throat> Obviously, it does. Now, as to the future of Tadarbar Sahib, now, 
If I had my way, I would restore the forests around it. Are you a greenie? Not exactly a tree hugger, but just let's just say for the sake of it, we restore the forests around it and that's it over. We, I would make it a very centralized water resource. Very, very centralized. It would serve the Darbarsa, but it would also serve the rest of Amritsar. That's how the Guru's designed it, to be honest. It was a central okay. pull of location. I mean, we have we have records saying that the Sikhs went down there and watered their horses. And today they're saying that you can't say that, you know, there are filters inside it. Uh, okay, one more thing. Yes. The city was founded by Guru Sabs, yeah? Yes. So there was no population back then? No. There was just, let's say it was an an empty area, probably a forest or a bush like the Australian outback. Yep. That means that back in those years, the water table was very high. Yes. And even today, the server is like 10 feet lower than the uh, average elevation of the city. Maybe even yes. more. Yep. So that means that's where the water table surfaced. Hmm. So I think we have solved it. Pretty much. That you know that water was supposed to be a very centralized resource. I mean, it's not saying that the Sarovar was to be dried up eventually, but that Sarovar was to funnel water and you know recycle it and take it all over the place. Uh, I'm not too sure what's the possibility of uh, uh, a spring being there or something, but uh, there are a few artisan wells in the Gurdaspur area. Hmm. The, just when you, you just dig a hole in the ground and just water keeps coming out of it automatically. I mean, the thing is that if Gurbani is saying something, the Gurus would never have gone, you know, posited. And this is what Gurbani is saying. Natu ave vastirat nate. So why then would they build, you know, build Sarovar especially for buffing? As a water source, it makes sense. Because <clears throat> uh, there, there are numerous examples of tanks being built all the way from Indus Valley civilization to the modern, uh, let's say, pre-independent, pre-independence uh, kingdoms. Yep. And I mean, one of the main things which used to kill, especially the, you know, peasants back then was a lack of water. They couldn't get waters from the high castes, so the gurus down here universalized the system. Yep. And the fact is we have refused to understand that vision. Now, if someone says what would be the role of the Darbar Sahib in a future uh, you know, Sikh territory or a Sikh sovereign state, let's just talk theoretically down here. I don't believe that this conception, misconception of Tarbarsa being a conventional pilgrimage site is going to leave the Sikhs anytime soon. Hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, I think I think uh, <clears throat> this, this is the reality we have to face. That it's, it's not going to change in a, in a fortnight. And we need to take very small steps towards changing it. Because we have Gurbani on our side, we are, tr we are we're sporting the truth, we know, because we have Gurbani on our side. Yep, and uh, all our views are justified by Gurbani. Not, not justified, in the light of Gurbani, we hold, the, hold those views. So the best thing to do, in my opinion, this is my opinion, is to make it an educational center, the heart and soul of Sikh education, its original purpose, and from there allow it to build up. In the Darbar Sahib, we have Gurbani in the Kaltat, 
we can have political and historical discussions, have it as a you know, Bantic educational center of sorts. Because originally what used to happen was that, you know, when the Darbar Sahib, whenever the Guru Granth Sahib was actually, you know, very in the Darbar Sahib, outside by the Kal Takht, by Mani Singh and uh, whoever, even by Gurdas back during those days, if Baba Buddha read Gurbani in the Harmandar Sahib, outside by the Kal Takht, by Gurdas used to interpret it for the Sangat, do Katha on it, on it. And then at the Kal Takht, all the practicalities were discussed in a political light as well as, you know, as a personal light, in a societal light that how are we to implement these, uh, you know, discourses of Baba Nanak, these injunctions of our gurus, our bhakts in our society and in our political life. That's where all these discussions used to happen. Obviously, over time as the Panth progressed, we started using the Kal Takht as a Senate. Nothing wrong with that. But now seeing that we are in a regressive state, it might be better that, you know, the Katha from Harmandar Sahib be interpreted at the Kal Takht. That the mm. Sikhs visiting there be taught the real purpose of, you know, Darbar Sahib. The Sikhs down there be taught the real purpose of what a Kal Takht is and what Sikhi is. Manji Sahib Hall was never built as a Katha center. Did you know that? Uh, I didn't knew that. I, I, I thought they were there for a re, uh, wait. When was it built? Well, I mean, from what I've read, the SGPC built it when they actually acquired control of the Darbar Sahib. The purpose behind Manji Sahib Hall was that, you know, whenever the SGPC convened, any individual, any Sangat who had an issue to bring to the, you know, to the attention of the entire Panth, they would bring it to SGPC delegates at Manji Sahib Hall. Because you need to understand that as the Panth grew, it was impossible for everyone to fit into the Akal Takta, wasn't it? Yep, so yep. The, these issues, now they didn't have the missile structure, which was that, you know, like uh, Harmandar Singh founded, Harmandar Singh Sandhu founded the Khalsa Panchets, they didn't have those back in the day. So they had no fluid streamlined system to, you know, always convey their views. So it was decided that, you know, a majority of these views could be challenged and slash or presented at Manji Sahib Hall. And then whenever the decision-making process was undertaken, an announcement would be done at Teja Singh Samundri Hall where, you know, more debates and more delegations could take place. And the final announcement would be from the Kal Takht. Hmm. Okay. And this sort of made it really easy to keep the process going rather than everyone, you know, just hoarding themselves into the Kal Takht. You have the delegates, you have, you know, the Sangats, and you also have the pilgrimages, etc. because many things are supposed to be done in private. Hmm. But then obviously yeah. after after the 80s, Teja Singh Samundri Hall, I think, is rarely used nowadays. And Manji Saib Hall has become just a, you know, place of Katha. And obviously we know that the Kal Takht, we are doing Matatek and decisions are being made in offices. And Harmandar Saib, well, we see it every day on TV. So there you go. Uh, yeah, well, Katha and, and occasional fights. <laughs> occasional fights, occasional fights, obviously. Yep, once in a blue moon. But they do happen. <laughs> Well, they do happen. Because it seems that a blue moon seems to be coming every other year. <laughs> yeah. 
And that's that's the reality of Darbar Sahib. That's why the Gurus intended it to be a central location of the Sikhs, but it was never supposed to be a conventional pilgrimage site. Okay, so imagine this. A cripple goes down there and he baths in the rover and he doesn't get his limbs regrowing. And he's heard all these stories. And he asks someone why, you know, no miracle happened with him and they tell him his past karams are bad. Let's Let's just take it theoretically, okay? Okay. So that's one. The guy lives the rest of his life thinking he's a zero. He will never achieve anything. And then on the other hand, if he goes down there and hears the Shabbat of Guru Amar Das, that, you know, you can become a Harmandir, the Gyan is within you. It doesn't matter if you have one limb or two. And he becomes, he does something with his life. He becomes an achiever. He becomes a trailblazer for other cripples. Which one is the best outcome, the first one or the second one? Well, it depends on who I am. If if I if uh, hmm. let's say I have a stake in there that uh, I want to get some money out of you, it's, it's my source of income. So I would concoct a million stories. Come here, it's a miracle place, and all your all your uh, sins will be washed away. All your sorrows are going to be healed here. Yep. So, but if if I'm a speaker who un- understands Qurbani and, and understand what the gurus want, then the answer yep. is obvious. That's the thing. Now, how do you become that Harmandar? And here's the, that's the question I've just had. So how do you become that Harmandar, which Guru Amar Das is talking about? And the answer is given by Gurbani again, Guru Karan Sahib. And their answer is this, Antar Tirat Gyan hai Satgur Within us is the two pilgrimage site. It is known as wisdom and has been revealed by the truth. And that's on Ang 587. One more point. Yes. There is a Pengalwada in Amritsar. Yep. Not too far from Darbar Sahib. Yes. <clears throat> the existence of such a place is enough of an evidence. It is. It is. Now, if you look at Pakt uh, Puran Singh, I would say that that man is a living embodiment of Harmandar. He's dead now, obviously, but when he was alive. Agree. Jaspatarai, Lakpatarai, everyone who's ever attacked Tarbar Sahib under whatever pretext, even if they've set up the Sikh leadership to go in there and start indulging in violence, whatever the pretext, whatever the excuse, they have all somehow realized that this place empowers them somehow. And the Pujari Wadi gang has realized it more than others that it's the ideology within the Harmandir. So why not change the ideology and leave the building intact? Yep. And they have accrued fruits from that strategy. Well, it's a millennium old story. That's the thing. But there is hope and there are many people beginning to question conventionalism today. It's a long road, it's a hard road, it's a nuclear minefield, but I'm sure eventually, maybe 20 years' time, 30, 40, 50, not even in our lifetimes maybe, there will be a change. There is a change, and uh, 
if you know mm. what you're looking for, you can observe it. Obviously, you can observe it. This is as much as we could do. This is the true purpose of the Darbar Sahib. The, the, I would say that the Darbar Sahib is the original university of the Khalsa. Mm, yeah, it does make sense, yeah. It does make sense. Now, obviously, someone can accuse us of cannibalizing, you know, Sikh history to fit it into a Western lens, a colonial lens, whatever bullshit they come up with nowadays. Fact is, we can answer semantics all night long, or otherwise we can just, you know, put it at the fact that we can run out of words to describe what the true purpose of Harmandir is. We just need to live like the Guru wants us to. If that Harmandir, like, you know, Harmandir side back in the day made countless multiple Harmandirs. If it does today, I don't see why Raj Krega Khalsa Akira Koi can't become reality. A long-term plan, it seems. A long-term plan. And this plan was also Guru Gobind Singh's. One day, Pai Nandalal asked Guru Gobind Singh, what's the future? And Guru Gobind Singh told him, you know, Sonu Nandalal is Raj Pargat Guru Gami Apana Raj Char Vraname Ek Krau Vaheguru Singh Ko Naam Jabao. You know, that entire verse in the Tanakh Nama that pretty much says, you know, that the Gyan of the Guru Granth Sahib through that Guru Gobind Singh will Pargat his Raj and that will be Khalsa Raj. The Khalsa will rule, the Sikhs will rule, they will be famed far and wide. You know, Sava Lak Jab Tuve Palita Tabe Khalsa Ube Astlojita when 125,000 muskets crack, the Khalsa will rule from where the sun sets to where the sun rises. All that will be done when the Khalsa confirms to the Gyan. The Bar Sahib has been destroyed so many times, but the Khalsa didn't stop becoming a Harmandir. Today, if the Harmandir reverts to its original purpose, we will probably rule the entire world like the Guru said, that they will rule the world if they have the Gyan, they practically implement the Gyan from where the sun sets to where the sun rises. Hmm. But the fact is, we need to make ourselves able to do that. And the first thing to do that is to question ourselves and our beliefs. Well, well Questioning yourself was one of the hardest things to do. I mean, Ramanand standing there, maybe he's got these little bells and he's doing arti, or maybe he's just joining his hands, or maybe he's just bashing out some, you know, beats on a bhaja. And for him to accept his mind saying, Ramanand, buddy, what the hell are you doing? That's a very impossible step. We can't do that today, can we? Well, some of us can. Majority cannot. The fact he did, and look where his words got him today. We don't know who he was, where he was born, what happened to him eventually. What we do know is that he gave us a gyan, and we need to live by that gyan. Questioning yourself is not just a sense of, let's say, theocracy or religion. This thing should apply in everyday life. Everyday life. And that should be the gyan we should be getting from the Katha Darbar Sahib, which we don't. Okay, uh, as my final word, uh, I'll give you an example of the, the thing we just talked about. Yep. Let's say you're playing rugby or cricket or whatever sport you play. Yep. Let's say cricket because, uh, let's say, our people, Sikhs and uh, Indian people in general, know, they know cricket. Yep. And of course, New Zealand has an excellent cricket team called the Black Caps. Okay. If you're mm. trying to play a particular shot, yep. 
don't you have to question yourself that am I doing it correctly? Is there mm. another way of doing it correctly just, just to better myself? If you are a bowler, aren't you constantly trying to improve yourself by, you know, criticizing or let's say critically analyzing your own techniques and your own bowling? Yep. Let's say if you are, let's say, a driver, because a mm. lot of our our Sikhs, our Sikhs in Canada are truck drivers and everything. Yep. Aren't you always trying to improve yourself that how can, how can I be better at my job? Mm-hmm. Aren't you always questioning that, okay, this is the bend, there's <clears throat> black ice on there, what's the best thing to do? Yep. Yeah, or you could say, okay, there's a blizzard in there, so what's the best thing to do? You're already trying to constantly improve yourself by cautioning yourself, am I doing the right thing? Yep. What else, what, what else can be done? Mm. If, if, you, if you own a shop if you, or if you are a manager somewhere, how can I increase my productivity? Mm. How can I reduce the cost or how can I reduce waste? Mm. So these are everyday examples that directly re- relate to Gurbani. Yep. <clears throat> and that's what we need to do. We need to become those Harmandals by questioning ourselves. That's the first step. That's right. And whether you take it or not, that's your decision. That's your decision. Thank you for listening. Vaheguru Ji ka Khalsa. Vaheguru Ji ki Fateh.